Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and I bring you greetings from on high. I thank and praise God for another opportunity to come before his people. I thank him for the assignment that he has given me on tonight. I endeavor to do what God has called me to do, and I want to provide for you a Bible supplement, a supplement. We are currently in our uh, study of the, the Bible in a chronological review. We're taking our time to get through uh, the lessons in the Bible. And I thank God. I thank God for this season of foundation laying as he is pouring out into the ministry. He is imparting into us. And I celebrate him for that. I thank God for all that we have learned up until now. I'm telling you, this has been such a great um, experience. And even though we're going back to some of the basics, things that we thought we knew, I'm telling you, every time I get in God's word, I learn something different and something new. And I believe that it is by design. God wants us to know him intimately, and he gave us his word as a uh, tool, an instrument to help us to get to know him better. Amen. All right, so we are learning about the identity of God as we continue to go through our chronological review. We started out learning about creation. We learned about how God created the heavens and the earth and how he created everything therein, including the sun and the moon and the stars, the water above the sky. I mean, the water below the sky. He created all of the animals and Adam and Eve. And boy, I tell you, God is an awesome God, and I'm just in awe of him as we learned about the creation. And then we learned about the fall when Adam and Eve decided to be disobedient to the instruction that God had given them and the impact of the fall. We are still living the um, residuals from that action, that behavior. We are still living the impacts of that. But God gave us a promise, a promise of redemption. My God, what a mighty God we serve. He completed it from the beginning through the end, (laughs) at the end to the beginning, God had us covered. Amen. So we learned about his, uh, the punishment that they endured, but also about his promise, his promise of salvation and redemption. Amen. Then we learned about Cain and Abel and the brother who got mad at his other brother because he was able to um, adhere to the instruction from his parents when they taught him about how to get into the presence of God and and the traditions and and the the relationships and how to relate to God and and so at uh um Lord uh Abel took heed to what God thank you Holy Spirit to what God Uh, instructed through the parents, but Cain did it his way. 
He did things his way. And so we learned about the consequences of his actions, which resulted in him ultimately taking his brother's life, his own brother's life, and then trying to turn it back on God. Amen. So we learned about that and we learned about how, um, you know, he he was sent away. Amen. He was sent away and, and God said, but not nobody touch you. You belong to me, but nobody touch you. But if they do what they do to you, they're going to have to deal with sevenfold. Amen. So so he said, I'm going to bring it back on them. I'm going to bring it back on them. And so then we learned about Job. And Job was a peculiar story. And, and we learned about how he had suffered so much. But God identified him as one who was faithful, one who would not turn his back on God and who would continue to trust and believe. Amen. So we learned he lost so much, but God gave him at the end double for his trouble. Amen. And we also learned that we could trace his lineage to straight through to the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so we learned about that. And then uh, we learned about the flood. My God, we learned about the flood and and how uh, there was so many evil people, so many evil people. The flood came before um, Job, so let me be clear. <laughs> the flood came before Job. Job was around the time of the patriarchs, uh, but we learned about uh, Noah and his family, and and we learned about the the lineage, and it's very important that we understand uh, these bloodlines and how uh, Adam and Eve conceived Cain and Abel. And although Cain murdered his brother, he went on to marry his sister. And he married his sister and God sent them away. And they began to produce and they had children. And and, uh, Adam and Eve produced another son, uh, Seth. And through Seth's bloodline, uh, we learned that Noah was a descendant. We believe that he was five generations, four or five generations deep. And so uh, on Cain's side, he and his wife produced, and I think about four or five generations, and his uh, daughter, uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, I believe is her name. And so you had Noah and Nehemiah. Uh, who were saved from the destruction that came into the earth. And they were the ones that reproduced uh, humanity and what we know today. Amen. And so we learned about that. And again, we learned about Job and all his peculiar friends and how, you know, they weren't real friends and they were judging his situation wrong, wrongly. Uh, and God had to put them in their place and show them that I'm the God. <laughs> Amen. And so now we are uh, learning about Abraham, Abraham, Father Abraham. You all remember that song back in Sunday school. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons have Father Abraham. Can you imagine all from a promise that God made him all those many, many, many years ago? 
We are still singing his name. We are still talking about him as the father of all nations. Amen. But we did learn that we could also trace his lineage back to Noah. Amen. We could trace it back to Noah uh, because he was, I believe, the ninth descendant of Shem. Uh, He was the ninth descendant of Shem, uh, and we learn about his family and and their history and how the father worshipped other gods. They worshipped other gods. Can you imagine? Just when I sit back and I reflect on uh, Noah being a righteous man, being a righteous man and being given an opportunity to uh, repopulate the earth, being charged with uh, uh, being fruitful and multiplying. And once again, the covenant and the instruction that God had given Adam and Eve to have dominion over all things in the earth. And God had given them that authority. And I'm sure just like Adam and Eve did, uh, Noah and his wife taught their families about how to worship and how to relate to and how to walk in relationship with God. And yet they turned. They turned. And this is why it's vitally important. It's vitally important that the matriarchs, the elders in the family, that we turn back to what we know. And we teach our families, we teach our families about God, about a relationship with him. And so as we're learning about Abraham, I want to point out the fact that uh, the relationship that Abraham had with God was predating the law. So we're going to learn about Moses and we're going to learn about the law and we're going to learn about uh, um, the Ten Commandments and what God had instructed during that time. But the reason that I point out that this is predating the law is because the covenant, the relationship that God established during this time is not to be uh, usurped. It is not to be overturned. It is not to be uh, considered as ancient or, or the way of old. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And inasmuch as God created the heavens and the earth, he had a plan for his people. As he developed his people, he had a plan for his people. And even though sin stepped in and it took us away from God's original plan, it does not negate the the fact that God has a plan. So we must get back to what God designed and desired for his people. Amen. So as we learn about Abraham and his journey with God, we learn that God had uh, made a made promises to him, but God made a designation, designation that he would be the chosen one. His, his descendants would be the chosen ones. And he chose them 
not so much so that he could bless them, but he chose them that his purpose, his plan, and his will would be executed throughout the earth, through the generations, through the generations. I believe that we are a direct descendant and we are the seed of Abraham. And oftentimes when we say that in the modern day church, we believe that that is a righteous indignation of entitlement, that we are entitled to blessings. We are entitled to a certain lifestyle, to a certain uh, 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 portion of God's blessings here in the earth. But I believe that being a seed of Abraham entitles us to walk in God's will. Amen. To do God's work. We have a responsibility. Amen. All right. So let's recap a few things. And uh, while I may cover some things that we've already talked about, I just pray that you all walk with me. Uh, This is a phenomenal, phenomenal story um, that I believe we need to dig, dig deep, (laughs) dig deep into it. Amen. Because it's worth telling. Um, Let me go back to... I believe we started in... uh, What did we start in? Genesis 11 through 13. I think that's how we did it. Um, Last in our Bible study. So if you all haven't had an opportunity... Uh, to to get into your word, I want you to to get in there and, and just re-listen before we start on Thursday. This week we're going to start talking about Lot, uh, who was his his nephew, and I believe it was his older brother's son. Um, Lot was actually his nephew. I know I said in the um, in the Bible study uh, that Abraham, uh, Abram, and Sarai as they were going uh, to their different designations. Uh, we talked about how Abram was a nomad. He, he, he wandered. He, he, he put his tent in different places. He just wandered um, around. And so they came to uh, two, two destinations, I believe we talked about. And he deceived the kings into believing that uh, Sarai was not his wife. Amen. Um, So, uh, I forgot what what the point was I was making. (laughs) Uh, But but we learned about we learned about his history and his heritage. Amen. It's going to come back to me. It's going to come back to me. But anyway, uh, Abram was, Abraham was considered God's friend, God's friend. And, and, and the children of Abraham were called the, the children of a generation, the nations that God would bless. And so, uh, while Abraham was considered to be a righteous man, he was considered to be a friend of God. We know he was not um, the most honest person, right? We joked a lot about um, how he uh, <laughs> uh, 
took advantage of where they were and 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 sought to deceive so that he can he can reap his own uh material gain. The other thing we learned about Abraham was that uh early in his life, early in his life, his father was a uh, worshiper of other gods. And so his um, his people, where he came from, they worship other gods. I believe they worship the gods of the moon or something like that, sun or the moon or something crazy. And um, it wasn't until he was 75 years old. Can you imagine? 75 years old that God called him away from that. Now, I believe some people say that um, in the Old Testament, the years that they say that they lived was not literal. Uh, It was metaphoric, but I believe that they are literal years. I just believe it was was different back then. They were living longer. Uh, God had extended their days longer. Um, And if that is true. 75 years is longer than a lifetime for many people, many people that we know. I mean, <laughs> almost every person that I know, you know, 75 is, is about the lifetime. Some have lived to 80s and things like that, but mostly, you know, they're, they're, they're exiting younger. Amen. But anyway, um, the point that I'm making is that it, it was a long time before he uh, was called out and he began to walk with the God. He began to walk with God and, and his faith was so strong. Oh my God, it was so strong in God. And sometimes we thumb our noses at people who uh, you know, are, are still struggling in their walk or people who uh, don't know God yet. But there is hope and there is promise in what we see with Abram, you know, when he began to work with, walk with God. And I'm telling you, he was, he was like me. <laughs> you know, I was rebellious and disobedient when I was with my natural parents. But baby, when I got, when God saved me for real, for real, God can't tell me to do nothing that I ain't going to do. And and nowadays, don't nobody uh, walk around thinking that God is going to tell them to sacrifice their kids because he ain't got to do that now. He ain't doing that kind of thing. Them jokers get on our nerves, but he ain't going to tell us to sacrifice them. All right, I'm just joking. But anyway, so they he called him out and he told him to leave from the land of his father. And he told him that I will take you to a land. He will take him and lead him to a land that he designed for him and that he would make him a great nation. He would make him a great nation. So so oftentimes when God gives us instruction, oh my God, he gives us instruction. He will give us a promise and God is faithful. Even if we don't see things happening immediately, if God said it, you better believe it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So God had, had told him to leave uh, his father's house, and he made him three promises. He made him three promises uh, throughout his journey 
the first promise God said that he will give him a land of his own. Remember, Abram was a he was a nomad. He just kept wandering and, and was going from place to place, what they say, living from pillar to post. And then the second thing was God promised him that he will make him into a great nation. He said, I'll make you into a great nation. And then the third promise was the promise of blessing, the promise of blessing. And so all of these promises that God uh, made to Abraham, he um, or Abram, Abram and Abram, you know, Abram, Abram, because all of them were predating him being uh, called Abraham. But the promises that God made him, he believed it. He believed the promises, even when his faith was shaken, uh, when when he wanted to rush God with his son. He yet, he still believed. He still believed. But these promises, uh, when we talk about the Abrahamic covenant that God had um, established with Abraham, those are the promises that we are referring to. Uh, the promise of land, the promise of, be, of being a great nation, and the promise of being blessed. Amen. So those are the promises that God made. And by faith, by faith, God um, established that Abraham will receive his inheritance as he obeyed and he went forth according to what God had called for him. God will call us to leave things behind. It's the most difficult thing, difficult, most difficult place I shared part of my testimony. And I do not by any means or any stretch (laughs) try to pretend that when I came, when I left my father's house, when I left the land, when I left Detroit, Michigan, that I was pursuing God's will or walking in obedience because I was straight in sin. I left to come and be with my children's father and we were not married and we we lived in sin. And I believe, um, let's see, I was uh, 98 to 2003. Let's see. Four years, four years in living, you know, and we lived together before that, uh, uh, coming from Detroit. So I have been living in sin, so I'm not by any means or any stretch trying to pretend like God called me from amongst them <laughs> in that sense. But God called me from out of uh, the culture and the principles of my father's house, uh, the things that were not godly. And so I am so grateful that even in the midst of my sin, God called me out and he saved me. This is why I don't thumb my nose at people, but I speak very matter-of-factly because I know what God can do. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. God pulled me out of darkness. I'm telling you, God pulled me out of darkness. And I'm going to tell you this. I thought 
the lifestyle that I was living was okay because I felt I was in God's permissive will. See, we 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 twist stuff up the way we want it. I felt like I was in God's permissive will because I wasn't, you know, suffering any immediate consequences. Although I knew that I was in a backslidden state. But when I um, heard the, the clarion call over my life, when I established and knew that God said, I want you to walk in ministry, I shut it all down. I remember the Lord speaking to me very clearly about the direction that he wanted me to go in. And I was living with my husband. He was not my husband at the time. I was living with them, and we had children. And I said, God, we got one house. What I'm going to do? <laughs> you, want, you want me to take my kids and go, and I don't have anywhere to go. And I was in a land that, you know, I'm not used to. And I was here. I didn't have any family, not many friends, you know. And so um, I made a decision that I would trust God. And I began to shut everything down and had a talk with my then boyfriend. I said, ain't nothing else going on. Ain't nothing going on over here but the rent. <laughs> and I was determined that I was going to be righteous and live right. And soon after that, we got married. And the rest is what they say, history. But like Abram, I believe the promise. I believe the promise that God had given and that he had called me to do a work for him. The Abrahamic covenant that he made. He said, I'll give you a land of your own. God said, I'll make you into a great nation and I'll bless you. These things that God has established for us, it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with him. God being a covenant keeper, one who establishes himself as a um, establishes himself as a trustworthy, a true and living God, a God who won't turn on his word. And, and the, the fact of the matter is that we articulate God in a way that we can understand. God allows us to articulate him that way. And because he knows that our ability to comprehend is limited to our human understanding or even at times supernatural understanding, he manifested himself in a way that we could comprehend or understand. So when we acknowledge God as he or him or man or, I mean, any any male or human attributes, 
It is because that is how we articulate him. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. Abraham is used in the Bible as an example of faith. What faith looks like. The things that he was challenged with. Can can you just sit for a moment and think about turning your back on everything that you know. Stepping away from what you grew up around. What you thought you knew. And I don't know, the Bible is not very clear on how um, Abram indulged during that time, but I can, I can only make some assumptions. I know when I was growing up um, in my mother's house, I was, I was, I gave them probably the worst issues in, in my adolescent years because I used to always fight, get in trouble behavioral stuff, I I always, oh my goodness. But I wasn't the kid to smoke and drink. Like, you know, I I wasn't sneaking out or, you know, getting birth control pills or having sex, you know. I I mean, uh, it's obvious by the time when I was 16, 17, because I had my baby at 17, my first child. But I wasn't, and I'm not trying to normalize or dilute you know, the potency of how bad I was when I was growing up. But I'm just saying I I wasn't, I wasn't like those around me. I wasn't like a lot of the kids that we hung out with. I didn't, I didn't drink and get high and, and you know, all of those things because it just wasn't my thing. I always had a sense of spiritual, you know, uh, direction, right? And I'm grateful that God uh, introduced me to my pastor at about 14 years old. And so I I always had a sense of it's something more, it's something to it. But can you imagine growing up in a system of just believing that the things that you're doing is right, worshiping other gods, And the closest I can get to that is uh, some of my family members were so heavy into superstition, Um, horoscopes, uh, lotteries, you know, stuff like that. And I remember the days of uh, the psychics, you know, things like that. All of that stuff is ungodly, but I never could connect myself and really get into it. And so I can relate to Abram, you know, in that sense. And and when I did leave my father's house and I left my family, you know, I had, after I had that separation, that period of separation, and it, my eyes opened to, wow, <laughs> you know, it's something different than what I thought I knew. But I thank God. I thank God for those life experiences that have allowed me to become the woman that I am today. 
But as we continue in our study about Abram uh, and, and Sarah, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating story. I would encourage you all as you're going through this journey with us, even if you come in late and if you get more material or more information that you want to share, nuggets, share them. Let's learn together. Let's learn together. But I'm I'm loving everything about this journey. And I keep stopping myself because I want to just shoot straight to some things. But the way that the um, the study is set up, it takes you through first through Abram's. Abram and Sarai through their journey and then it cuts into Lot's journey and then it goes back uh, to to Sarai and and Abram and and then they become Sarai and Abraham so we're gonna (coughs) we're gonna dig into it but it was just those few things I think that I wanted to share uh, about about their story a couple of other things I had about some of the things that we just we didn't know um, about Abraham uh, and I think I covered them during our Bible study but let me see let me see I think one of them we were talking about how uh, he was older when God called him, you know, he was 75 years old. And then 25 years later is when he had his son, uh, Isaac. And and um, that he lived in Mesopotamia. Uh, that was a good one that I learned um, because the Bible tells us about Ur. Uh, but it's actually a city that is in the region of Mesopotamia. And the reason that this is significant is because outside of our theology or our biblical teaching, uh, it is thought that Mesopotamia was the first uh, uh, civilized um, uh, nation, right? Or, or not nation, because they weren't nations then. I don't know how to articulate it, but, but they were known as the first civilization. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and even archaeologists and, and, and scientists and and they're starting to pull up um, you know fossils and bones and all of that stuff that just God is allowing things to be unearthed so that we know how real this thing is because some of us get so stuck and we're going to be lost but time is running out and so he's trying to get our attention. The other thing I think we talked about um, a little bit in, in and detail was how Abram was raised uh, by parents who worship idols. They worship idols. And like I said, I believe it was like the moon gods or sun gods or something like that. And a fascinating part about that is just um, imagining that these are generations that came from that close to Noah, that close to Noah. And, and, I believe that the way that God, I, I love how we have the Holy Spirit. I love how we can talk directly to God. But the way that he physically was was there, you know, even that priest, um, 
I can't remember his name, but the high priest that Abram uh, was was talking to, which is the uh, reflection or representation of Jesus, you know, that to have them there physically, physically, you know, that, that was something. And they had that. They had that, even though they didn't have the written word like we do to reflect back on those lessons, but they had, you know, something that was so precious, being that close in time uh, uh, to God, and um, and and yet they worshiped other gods. That that I don't know. That just amazes me. And then we learned about, um, you know, Abram lying about his sister Sarah. You know. Uh, Sarah at the time, you know, saying that she was his sister. And so I was sharing last week that, you know, she she was his sister. So he didn't necessarily lie. She was just his half-sister. And we don't know for sure if she was his uh, father's blood daughter or if if she was like a cousin or something like that, you know. And then, um, like I said, he was he was about the ninth or the tenth descendant of Noah, you know, not, not, maybe even the tenth. I need to go back and and do a little bit of study on that. But he he was a descendant of Noah, so they passed those stories down generation after generation. So so he had a good understanding. He had a good understanding, and. The other thing is that he helped God to usher in the nation, the promised nation. And God, through his promises, gave him the promised land. We talked about um, how Abram visited Egypt all of those many years before uh, his his descendants were in captivity. And so even though uh, God promised him the land, even though he promised him land, when he died, the only thing he owned, the only thing he owned was the burial site that he buried um, Sarah at. And so... And I, I, I don't even want to get emotional because sometimes in our generation, we won't see the promise. We won't live the promise. But our children and our children's children will receive the promise. What God is doing through this ministry today, I know without a doubt, there are some things that God will allow me to see because it fulfills his promises to me. But there are other things that my grandbabies, they, their children and their children's children, should Jesus delay is coming, will, will, will reap as a result of us walking in obedience. And we also, we're going to learn as we continue uh, through this study that after Sarah died, he had more children. He, he remarried. He had more children. And you know he had other, other wives. I begin the attitude over that sometimes. <laughs> but 
It is a fascinating story. The life and the life lessons what God uh, taught us through Abraham. And I pray that you grasp it and you grab hold to it. I think I done said enough. (laughs) And I hope that it gave y'all some extra nuggets and didn't just, uh, you know, tenderize your ears. I hope it gave you something to think on. And even, like I said, I encourage everybody, go out and start studying for yourself. Now, don't bring back no mess. Now, I ain't trying to get into no all this other stuff. I'm talking about Bible study, Christian Bible study. That's all we focused on, okay? But um, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm telling you, we're learning some stuff. I can't get it. I can't wait to get into some 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 other areas too but I don't want to rush it it's just like I want to eat everything all at once but God is he knows what he's doing all right all right well I love you so much and I pray that uh those of you who are under the sound of my voice that God will bless you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think ask or even imagine that your latter days shall be greater, and that as he continues to lay this foundation, that you and you and you will reap as first partakers of the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, his wisdom, his knowledge, that he gives us understanding, things that can change our lives. Amen. All right, well, I love you all, and I pray that you join us on this Thursday. Tuesday night, let's let's say Tuesday night for prayer. Jump on up Tuesday night and then Thursday night for Bible study. Amen. Love you all. Bye-bye.